Are you looking for world-class health and wellness advice combined with a dose of inspiration and spiritual encouragement? You've come to the right place. This is nourishment for body and soul. This is Mana, and I'm Dr. Turner. Welcome. Well, hello, my friends. Hola, mis amigos. ¿Cómo están? Today, we wrap up this trilogy focused around getting to know me. Who am I? And how might I possibly be able to relate to you and your own struggles, dreams, and challenges on your wellness journey? This has been fun. This is kind of like Dr. Turner Unplugged or Dr. Turner Fireside Chat. So, full disclosure... It's been a very long week, and I actually have to get up in four hours to catch a plane to South America, and I still have to pack. Yes, I am a last-minute packer, but I can't complain. I'm about to depart for three weeks to the beautiful, amazing, lovely country of Colombia. I've gotten to know the country fairly well over the last year and have greatly enjoyed it. If you haven't had a chance to go, I highly recommend it. Amazing biodiversity, amazing flowers, birds, uh, every kind of scenery from jungle to beach to mountains to plains to coffee-growing valleys. You have beautiful Spanish colonial architecture with cities that are preserved from the 1500s, outdoor adventures, uh, fine cuisine, regional cuisine. I, By the way, I'm a foodie and you know everywhere I need to go needs to have really good food for me to market as a successful vacation. And Columbia definitely fits the bill. And all of that, very reasonably priced and very affordable. So I've become a huge fan. The people are lovely. They're beautiful inside and out. And I think it's just a shame that the dark clouds of narco-trafficking and guerrilla warfare and such have hung over the country for so long now. But I think they're starting to shake that off. And I'm hoping that people will continue to give them more of an open mind and look into visiting themselves. So I am about to depart for Columbia and going to greatly enjoy that. But here we go on our last session together. Drum roll, please. Can you relate to me? Well, you can relate to me if you've ever been involved in adoption. When I was going through the Mayo Clinic, my wife and I got very interested in adopting children. We already had our daughter, but we wanted to show love to our community and to contribute. And so we were looking for children, especially children that would be harder to place, such as children in foster care or sibling group or minorities. And we hit the trifecta. We found a group of four beautiful children from Texas and made them a part of our family. And that was such an adventure, uh, such a step of faith, really the greatest step of faith that I had ever had to make at that time. As you can imagine, I was working hard at the Mayo Clinic on short of a a shoestring salary and shoestring budget. My wife would stay at home and we already had a three-year-old daughter. So into that mix, we adopted four kids from Texas, ranging in age from five to 11 at the time of adoption, two boys and two girls. And, you know, I remember at first just thinking about the bills and the groceries and the winter jackets and the bunk beds and the bikes and the, the, the school tuition and everything else. And feeling a little overwhelmed at that at the same time as I had this inner enthusiasm, which my wife was fully on board with, and I always will give her credit to proceed and to to step out and take a leap of faith and follow God in this adventure to provide a new home for these children. 
So if you've ever been involved in adoption, you know what I'm talking about. Um, it's not always roses, peaches, and cream. We had some tremendous trials, some tremendous struggles as, as a family. We were in family counseling uh, very quickly. The children were in some of their own individual counseling as they worked hard to deal with some of the traumas and hurts and hangups and habits of their own past. And so it's a lot of hard work. It's messy. Um, one of our children, even for a period of time, had to go live outside of the home in more of an emergency respite care kind of situation where she needed just some more professional parenting. And we didn't have the time and energy to give her what she needs needed and to really help address some of her deep emotional wounds. So this was all very challenging, but in the end, very gratifying to, to be a part of and uh, something that will always be a treasure for me. I look at the children now, they're young adults, they're happy, they're well integrated into society, responsible, and uh, just a joy to be around. And th that brings me tremendous joy every day to think about that. Well, you might also be able to relate to me if you've ever had failures in love and marriage. I've been married twice and divorced twice, currently single, and this has been one of the sources of greatest disappointment and pain and struggle in my own life. You know, I never imagined my life turning out that way. I wanted to just settle down and be a great dad, be a great husband, have that happy family, um, smiles all around, family vacations and all that kind of thing. And it didn't work out so far uh, in quite that way. And, you know, life is a journey. We have to be open to the twists and turns. We have to own our own mistakes, our own faults. We have to believe that we can be better with God's help. And we have to dig deep sometimes to continue to turn corners and stay optimistic and flow and hope and believe. And so that's a lot of what I've had to preach to myself over the years. In those marriages, I came face to face with some of the you know, more bothersome and disturbing sides of who I am and how I can be difficult to live with, you know, ways in which I was judgmental, um, demanding, harsh, uh, at times impatient, uh, lacking understanding, lacking compassion, um, sometimes with anger management problems. So these things kind of, kind of a forceful leadership style as well too, with the children. So these things came to light and created their own set of difficulties and all I can do since then is just endeavor to work on them, um, kind of work my process with God and believe that he has a plan for me and that tomorrow is going to be better than today and that uh, the patience and the covenant love of God is always there with me to help me move forward. And uh, I'm so thankful for that. So I believe I've grown and changed as an individual. I'm definitely not the same person I was when I got married at 27 now as I am 47. Um, and, you know, I'm hopeful for the future as I continue on my own path of growth. But if you've ever gone through something like that, um, the distress of love and love lost and family torn apart and pain in the eyes of the children and all of that, um, I can understand you and I'm sure you can understand me and keep me in mind as I continue to work and hope and dream for that happy dom domestic situation that I feel confident God will provide. Well, next on the list here, you can relate to me if you've ever taken a risk in your profession. So I was happily working here for the local hospital at the Neuroscience Center uh, for about 
let's see, all the way from 2009 to 2020. But towards the end of that time, I just became increasingly dissatisfied and realized that I wanted more out of my career. I always had this interest in health and wellness, in counseling and encouragement, um, in the emotional lives of my patients and the spiritual lives of my patients, and in checking hormones and talking about making smoothies and doing yoga and taking supplements and all these kinds of things. So I was hired to work in a neuroscience center, and my vision of excellent medicine just got too broad for what they hired me to do. And so no fault of theirs, no hard feelings. They did right by me, and I appreciated my time there. So we amiably parted ways in January of 2020, just prior to the arrival of COVID. As you all know, that spring, everything started shutting down. And so in some senses, it was the worst possible timing, but in some senses, it was also the best possible timing because I was able to start doing telemedicine. I was able to bring holistic integrative care to COVID patients, both for their acute COVID and now for their long COVID and start to develop a reputation that's now extended across the country, thankfully, of successful treatment of COVID patients. Um, and I, I appreciate that. It's a blessing. I never would have been able to do that if I had still stayed in at the hospital. So I remember as I was heading towards that decision, I just had this crisis of, you know, crisis of faith in my heart, right? It was like, I know I'm not satisfied in this career. I could just keep going through the motions. But if I had to retire in 20 years, I'd retire with a lot of regret. And you know what? I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that person that dies with regret in my life and thinks about coulda, woulda, shoulda. If only I had tried that, I'm sure it could have worked. I would have done a good job or whatever. It's like, it's better to try and fail than to live with regret and unknown and to question yourself, you know? So I decided to cut loose that secure paycheck that was showing up every two weeks on direct deposit, the retirement 401k matching funds, the health insurance, like all of that. I had to cut all of that loose to go into business for myself, Michael Turner, MD, hang my own shingle. And with a lot of faith and optimism, but uh, a lot of trepidation and you know, little butterflies in the stomach as it was all getting started. But I, I had a sense that it was going to succeed. And I'm just so thankful to see how it has indeed grown and flourished over these couple of years and looking forward to all that it will continue to do now as we're starting things like this podcast and uh, starting to partner with other key uh, brand relationships all across the country to get a message out there that I think is so urgently needed. Well, lastly, I would say and this brings me to some of my sorrowful points here over the last year or two that you can relate to me if you've lost someone you love dearly from COVID. And in particular, I lost two very close friends over the last couple of years from COVID. I'll just briefly tell you their stories to honor their memory. Bruce was a gregarious guy. He had a big heart, a big hug, a big smile on his face. One of the most joyful people I've ever met. And if you asked him how he's doing, he'd always just smile and say, well, I'm all right. I'm doing great. You know, isn't God good? I'm doing fine. Dr. Turner, how are you? You know, and he had a smile and it was very genuine in spite of the fact that Bruce was one of the people who dealt with the most amount of physical pain I have ever seen as well. Right. In all my years of being a doctor and I met him initially as a patient, he had the most reason to be in constant physical pain, but he was also at the same time, one of the most joyful people. And this was an inspiration and example to me. And I remember hearing at one point that Bruce was sick and, you know, he wasn't coughing well. It seemed like he had pneumonia. And then he went in and I was getting these reports that, you know, he was in the ICU and things were tenuous. And then I got the message that he didn't make it. And uh, man, my, my stomach just sank, you know, and I reflected back to the last time that I saw him alive. And that was at Thanksgiving. 
it was Thanksgiving, um, and I remember knocking at his front door, of course, the smile, the hug, welcome, Dr. Turner, come on in. And we had a great Thanksgiving meal together. And so all I can do is uh, to hold on to those good memories and uh, try to embody some of that joie de vivre and basic love, you know, that seemed to emanate out of Bruce. I, I hope I can bring that to bear and into the world around me. I also lost a dear friend, Angela, this time I was well, very, very difficult, painful situation. She was a very healthy woman, very active woman in her late sixties. And she was like a mom to me. I would actually bring her cards and flowers on mother's day. And if I needed some counseling, if I was just had a tough week, or as I was going through the breakup of my second marriage, I would often go to her house just to sit around the fire and talk with her and her husband, George, and hear them out. And she would serve me tea and uh, you know, cookies, crackers, olive cheese, little plates like that. She also made amazing homemade Mexican food. I just got completely spoiled. And so I would long to go over there at the end of a hard week and we'd sit and talk for hours. George would start a fire. There'd be a couple crackling logs and we'd have tea and snacks and sort of just hear each other out and mainly them encouraging me, speaking into my life, praying for me, um, putting some belief in my mind as I was struggling greatly. But they always saw that there was going to be something good on the other side. And they were there with me, you know, as working as I was working my process. Well, it was a great loss. And I remember again when I got the news. And even now, I save a voicemail that I have from her. The last time that I spoke to her, she called me from the hospital. She was hanging in there, but she was concerned. I could hear the the fear and the anxiety in her voice. And I, I tried to reassure her the best way I could and I ended up after our conversation, she called back and left a further voicemail. And I haven't been able to delete that voicemail. To be honest now, it's been about 10 months and I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, and I can't so far delete that voicemail. It's my last most tangible connection to Angela. And she was a special, special person. So we, we've all, uh, I'm sure, struggled through COVID in one way or another. But, you know, it's also a time for us to band together and a time for us to be the change we want to see in the world, so to speak. And when there's darkness seemingly uh, increasing, uh, the light shines all the brighter. And I hope that you would join with me in being that light in your sphere of influence. You know, sometimes all people need is just a smile, just a little eye contact, maybe a little side hug, right? Just a little acknowledgement that they're doing a good job, you know, that they're important, that they're uh, attended to. You know, just basic attention and care, concern. It seems like we're, we're so busy or we're so distracted or so distressed. We don't have time to simply just make eye contact and care about people. So that goes a long way. And um, I'm hoping that together we can become stronger. We can encourage each other. And indeed, things won't always be this bad. I also think of a favorite little slogan I heard somewhere along the way. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. Right. And so I'm praying that I can be that tough minded and positive person that will persevere through some of these times. And there we have it. As they say, all good things must come to an end. I would say, except heaven. <laughs> well, I, I wish you well. And in honor of my impending trip to Colombia, we are going to finish with a little Espanol. Te mando un saludo muy cordial y te deseo mucho bienestar en estos tiempos. Tu compañero de salud, siempre fiel. Yo soy el Dr. Turner. This wraps up another edition of MANA. I enjoyed our time together, and I hope that this has inspired you towards a healthy and happy life. Be blessed.